Apocalyptic Interpretation Since the time of the Great Reformation, there have been no less than six prominent theories of interpretation, each claiming for itself the palm of merit, and all demanding the unanimous suffrage of the Christian Church. They are subjoined in the following order, 1. The Anti-Protestant Futurist Theory The originator of this theory was a Spanish Jesuit priest, Ribera by name, who, A.D. 1585, published a commentary on the Revelation, in which he labored to turn aside the Protestant application of the apocalyptic prophecies and symbols from the Church of Rome. The opinion had matured into settled conviction, in the minds of many, that the great apostasy, spoken of in the scriptures, was papal, and that the little horn of Daniel, the Antichrist of John, the man of sin mentioned by Paul, and the apocalyptic beast, were all identical. Against this view Ribera originated the futurist theory. It is so called, because it passes by the papacy, overleaps almost the whole immense interval of time between the date of the apocalypse and the distant future, and holds that the events symbolized in the apocalypse refer to the immediate antecedents or accompaniments of Christ's second coming. It argues a parallelism between the events of the seven seals and the successive signs of Christ's coming, as specified in his prophecy on Mount Olivet. Antichrist is not regarded as the papacy, but about infidelity. 2. The Anti-Protestant Praetorite, Preterist, Ad Theory This was originated by a Spanish Jesuit also, Alcazar of Seville, who, A.D. 1615, published a work having in view the same end as Ribera, namely, to set aside the Protestant application of the apocalyptic prophecies and symbols. Ribera endeavored to throw everything forward into the future. Alcazar endeavored to throw everything backward into the past. He stops short in the course of history, and makes all the apocalyptic symbols, to have been fulfilled within the first five-six centuries. The Germanic neuronic form, so called because it dates the apocalypse an essential point for interpreters about the end of Nero's reign, A.D. 67 and because it is thus regarded by the critical, rationalistic school of German expositors, and by Professor Stewart in America. According to this view, the apocalypse can only refer to the overthrow of Judaism and heathenism, and the triumph of Christianity, but not to the papacy. The early date, namely, A.D. 67, makes room for supposing a reference to the destruction of Jerusalem, A.D. 70 and the six centuries, for the overthrow of heathenism, and the prevalence of Christianity, but not for the demolition of the Roman Catholic Church. The papal Domitianic form so called because it fixes the date of the apocalypse about the end of Domitian's reign, A.D. 96 and in this form prevails with the papacy. Of course, this form of the theory excludes application of the symbols of the apocalypse to the destruction of Jerusalem, which occurred 25 years previous to this date, inasmuch as the events recorded were to come into being after the time John wrote Dash Revelation 4, 1. The fall of Judaism and the doom of the Roman Catholic Church are not referred to at all, but only the overthrow of heathenism and the triumph of Christianity. Such is the loose and wholesale mode of generalizing in these two forms of preterism the latter of which has yet some truth, that any upstart has a precedent, before him for applying the apocalyptic symbols to the destruction of any enemy he please. 3. The Modified Futurist Theory this theory resulted from a conviction in the minds of the futurists themselves, that great violence had been done to the apocalypse, 
by completely closing its lips upon the subject of the papacy, and by causing it to pass over in silence the stirring events of more than a thousand years. Such a scheme was too dashing and bold to escape merciless criticism and ridicule. It failed to secure the respect and confidence of its own supporters. Certain futurists have endeavored to modify it, in other words, to Protestantize futurism, and conciliate the friendship of the historical interpreters. The chief points of supposed improvement are two, one, with reference to the violent plunge into the distant future, and two, with reference to the anti-Protestantism. Thus, the white horse and rider of the first seal represent the triumphant progress of Christ and his gospel until now. We are near the time of the end, when the papacy will become the apocalyptic beast, and Rome the apocalyptic Babylon, but not Antichrist. And soon Antichrist will appear, when the remaining seals will receive their fulfillment, and then the grand consummation will take place. For the typical spiritual theory. We coin this name for want of a better designation, or rather because the advocates of it have not given a satisfactory one themselves. It holds that prophecy is not an anticipation of history, but deals alone with the idea of good and evil. A particular man, city, or nation, may be taken as the representative or type of such idea, to be fulfilled, as intimated, in the lofty, spiritual, but not low, historical sense. The details of literal history are not ample enough, to satisfy the foreannounced demands of prophecy. Thus, Rome Papal answers only partly to the apocalyptic Babylon, and hence, as ancient Babylon was only partly the subject of anti-Babylonic prophecies, so Rome Papal is only partly the subject of anti-Papal prophecies, in the Revelation. There can only be an imperfect historical fulfillment in any case, and we must wait for a realization, not literally, but spiritually, of the grand idea, namely, the downfall of the true Babylon, which is the world. As opposed to the church. The influence of German philosophy, in the fabrication of this theory, is evident. 5. The Parallel Septenary Theory This is one of the two principal Protestant theories, which have divided the opinions of orthodox interpreters. It argues against considering the apocalypse, as a progressive whole evolving its events in continuous succession. Instead of regarding the seven trumpets, as the development of the seventh seal, just as the seven vials appear to be of the seventh trumpet, it considers them as parallel chronologically, and supplementary to each other, each septenary running from John's time to the consummation. It is eminently a church scheme, the church itself being the subject of the prophetic figurations, in its sevenfold phase, from the beginning to the end. This theory was brought into repute by Paris, and Vitringa, shortly after the Reformation. 6. The Continuous Historical, Historicist Ed, Protestant Theory This was the principal theory, which attracted the attention of the most orthodox and enlightened expositors until the earliest part of this century. It looks upon prophecy, as an actual anticipation of veritable history. It regards each seal, as successor to the preceding, in chronological order, each trumpet and each vial in the same way, and, objecting to the previous theory, maintains that the septenary of trumpets are subsequent to the septenary of seals, and the septenary of vials subsequent to the septenary of trumpets. The exclusive church scheme is discarded, and the apocalypse is viewed as setting forth, in regular progression and detail, 
the chief secular and ecclesiastical events of the existing dispensation. An anti-papal solution is given to the symbols and predictions respecting the beast. It was the theory of the Waldenses, Wycliffites, and Hussites, and their great body of the reformers in the 16th century German, Swiss, French, English, generally received it. It has been the view of the vast majority of Scottish Presbyterians. It was also the view of many prominent American divines, from Edwards to the 19th century Princeton theologians, the Alexanders, the Hodges, Miller, etc. It is preeminently the theory of the Reformation, and therefore has been violently opposed by Roman Catholics, prelatists, rationalizing expositors and other foes of reformational principles. Lavenier this Reformation audio track is a production of Stillwater's Revival Books. You are welcome to make copies and give them to those in need. SWRB makes thousands of classic Reformation resources available, free and for sale, in audio, video, and printed formats. It is likely that the sermon or book that you just listened to is also available on cassette or video, or as a printed book or booklet. Our many free resources, as well as our complete mail-order catalog, containing thousands of classic and contemporary Puritan and Reform books, tapes, and videos at great discounts is on the web at www.swrb.com. We can also be reached by email at swrb at swrb.com, by phone at 780-450-4730, by fax at 780-468-1096 or by mail at 4710-37A Avenue, Edmonton, that's E-D-M-O-N-T-O-N, Alberta, abbreviated capital A, capital B, Canada, T6L3T5. You may also request a free printed catalog. And remember that John Calvin, in defending the Reformation's regulative principle of worship, or what is sometimes called the scriptural law of worship, commenting on the words of God, which I commanded them not, neither came into my heart, from his commentary on Jeremiah 7.31, writes, God here cuts off from men every occasion for making evasions, since he condemns by this one phrase, I have not commanded them, whatever the Jews devised. There is then no other argument needed to condemn superstitions than that they are not commanded by God. For when men allow themselves to worship God according to their own fancies, and attend not to his commands, they pervert true religion. And if this principle is adopted by the papists, all those fictitious modes of worship in which they absurdly exercise themselves would fall to the ground. It is indeed a horrible thing for the papists to seek to discharge their duties towards God by performing their own superstitions. There is an immense number of them, as it is well known, and as it manifestly appears. Were they to admit this principle, that we cannot rightly worship God except by obeying his word, they would be delivered from their deep abyss of error. The prophet's words, then, are very important. When he says that God had commanded no such thing, and that it never came to his mind, as though he had said that men assume too much wisdom when they devise what he never required, nay, what he never knew.